live inside Twin Peaks for Monday Night Football. It's Cofield and Company. Looks to the left, gonna float one over the top. Grabbed in the corner of the end zone. Jackpot, baby! Hunter Renfro makes a fine play as they fade it into the left corner of the end zone. And the Raiders and Derek Carr strike first. Now it's Barber turn. Daylight dives over the top. Anybody? Signal? No signal yet. Jackpot, baby! <laughs> it's time for Cofield and Company with Steve Cofield on ESPN Las Vegas. All right, here we go on a Monday, Twin Peaks. We got a big game for playoff implications. Yeah, these teams are at the back end of the race, but you get a win, you move up. So we saw yesterday with the Raiders, Dolphins, Saints going at it. After 5 o'clock here, Twin Peaks on Eastern got the big beers under 4 bucks and shareable apps too, 4 and $6. Dolphins right now are 3. The total is a very low, 37 and a half. Ari's back in our Finley Toyota studios. Willie Ramirez along in a bit. Let's do it. It's Trending at 2, presented by Nova Home Loans. Call now at 877-700-NOVA. Well, we come out of the gates with lots of COVID updates. Oh, no. We'll get to the Raiders win here inside of five minutes. At this point, it almost feels fortunate if you can get a uh, game in uh, basketball front. Running Rebels will be uh, off for a little longer next week. Let's hope everything holds together for their opener over at the Thomas and Mac against uh, rival conference bully San Diego State. That's on the first. Uh, right now, these teams are all off at least one game next week when conference play is supposed to start. Colorado State, New Mexico, San Jose State, Reno, Utah State. And the Rebels, Rebels' trip to San Jose for now is postponed. That was a game on 1-5. So that one goes out the window, and San Jose State had to shut it down for games against Reno coming up at the, uh, well, the middle of this week, Utah State, and then UNLV on January 5th. Are we going to have the Las Vegas Bowl? That's the next question. Arizona State and Wisconsin in town on Thursday We've got a lot of confusion on protocols, but for now, since there is no governing body, real governing body in college sports, especially college football, we're following the old rules, which means that we're having games canceled all over the place and teams dropping out. So we got a mess with what the Military Bowl, the Fenway Bowl dumped, the Sun Bowl on life support, the Arizona Bowl uh, backed by the uh, Portnoy website. Uh, that one is in big jeopardy because – Boise State is out because of COVID issues. I mean, Central Michigan is left holding the bag. It's a very small bag. So they're probably going to bail and go to the Sun Bowl. Uh, why? Because the Sun Bowl pays $4.55 million. The Arizona Bowl kind of you get what you pay for uh, with the Portnoy website. Um, is being streamed on YouTube, doesn't have a TV deal. I don't think it's had one forever. Uh, that payout, $4.55 in the Sun Bowl. The payout on the Arizona Bowl is $350,000. So now all efforts are being made to recruit teams on a couple of days' notice. 
That ain't going to happen. Last week, uh, Rutgers jumping into the Gator Bowl was crazy enough on about seven, eight days' notice. Teams aren't going to play on freaking three or four days' notice. That ain't, that ain't going to happen. So, uh, well, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see if Wisconsin and Arizona State can make it to the finish line. I hope. It's a big event for the town. A lot of tourists coming in. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Uh, Knights are supposed to start up back tomorrow. We'll get the uh, latest update on what's going on with VGK. But right now we know Pete DeBoer, Brett Howden, unavailable due to COVID-19 protocol. Uh Uh-oh. So you can see it's all over sports. So we're fortunate to get in the game yesterday uh, without the Raiders or the Broncos dealing with, say, 15 or 20 absences. Chiefs dealt with major absences. They got the job done. Chargers dealt with major absences. They did not get the job done. Well, the Raiders got it done yesterday. 17-13 win against Denver. Um, Listen, they're not playing pretty football right now, which if you told anyone before the season, we all thought there would be a slight spike, hopefully a good improvement by Gus Bradley and his defense. But if you told anyone they wouldn't be able to score and they'd somehow still be winning games down the stretch, I, I think you'd be happy at least about the winning the games part. The offense just hasn't been that good, and now it's getting super sloppy. So yesterday, you know, decent first half, decent, right? They were in, they were in good shape going to the break, and then all of a sudden, turnover, turnover, and they're down. Listen, coming out of the break, good adjustments. They got off the deck. They didn't freak out. And the entire game, they leaned on rushing and defense. Who to thunk it, right? How many people wanted to write off this run game early in the year? They actually ran it well yesterday. Josh Jacobs has been asking for a bunch of carries all season long. He got it done, opening drive in that second half. You know, they had to get off the deck after blowing it at the end of the first. He goes out there, rushes for 57 yards on seven attempts, and that first drive was a just massive, sending a great message. 75 yards, nine plays. Peyton Barber finishes it up with a five-yard touchdown. Um, and from there, the Raiders actually got the job done in the fourth quarter, just stop after stop after stop. And the other thing was the third down conversions, which have been an issue all season long. That was awesome. Broncos' offense just sucked all day long, and most of it was because of the Raiders' tackling, and I know Rich Passaccia pointed that out. You know, a lot of reserves in there, and they played well, and the pass rush was awesome. They stopped Denver on pretty much every third down. Broncos finished with 158 net yards on offense, 18 yards on the ground. How incredible was yesterday by the numbers? Because they turned it over. They were sloppy. Raiders, in recent history, scoring 17 or fewer points, turning it over three-plus times in that same game, had lost 55. Again, Three-plus turnovers and 17 or fewer points. 55 losses in a row. They hadn't won one of those games in 20 years. We'll break it down a lot more as we'll get to uh, the turnover issues. We'll get to Derek Carr's play. We'll get to Hunter Renfro. Excellent game, excellent game, just based on the fact that they won it when so many teams around the AFC freaking blew it. Nova Home Loans brings you Trending at 2. It's a refi-rated Nova Home Loans with interest rates at all-time lows. Now's the time to talk to your local Nova loan officer. 877-700-NOVA. Locke takes the snap. Goes straight back. He's hit. 
Stone for a loss on the play. Quinn Jefferson. Quinn Jefferson sacks Drew Locke on third down. The Broncos are going to have to punt it away. Hanging at Twin Peaks for Monday Night Football, it's Cofield and Company. Deck the halls with boughs of holly, fa la 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 Tis the season to be jolly, fa la 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 Raiders win at 8-7 and seven now. It seems like the entire AFC is 8-7, and seven, except for those GDM Chiefs. We'll get to the Chiefs and the Chargers later in the show. Broncos go down, they go down hard. And a big part of it, Willie, was due to the defense, but... Not to rain on the parade. I did open by mentioning all of the cancellations and adjustments in the schedule because of COVID. Uh, you just pointed out that uh, ESPN Raiders insider Paul Gutierrez. By the way, is he laid up right now with COVID? He is. He's recovering. Yeah. So he's recovering from uh, his Cleveland trip. Uh, he's saying that um, expecting a number of Raiders on the defensive side of the ball to go on the COVID list today. First response was, from a fan, well, that gives them a good shot at playing this Sunday, does it? Because there seems to be no rhyme or reason who's back and who's not. Uh, Nick Sirianni, the Eagles coach, tested positive on Wednesday, was back by Saturday. I think Austin Eckler was positive last Monday. He didn't play on Sunday. So if there's a bunch of Raiders defense players going on, who the hell knows what's going to happen on Sunday? This is last year, like, missing out on games – was crazy. This, the unpredictability of it, the day-to-day of it, is sports insanity. Well, the unpredictability of, of it is due to the mix of um, reports from the CDC that all these leagues are getting, yep. and then the leagues changing of the rules. And so the Omicron is supposedly not as serious it's just highly contagious, high, a lot more than uh, the other variants. It's just not as serious as the other variants. So vaccinations won't keep you from getting it. It's just that it's not severe. So the that's why we're seeing, like the NFL, changing their rules in that if you test positive, but you're asymptomatic, and then you can produce consecutive negative tests by a certain time then there you know so you have all these rule changes based on the severity of the variant um and that's what sort of just is odd and how the leagues go about it be it the nhl the nba the nfl in their own right um that's that's the uncertainty i mean so you know you could ask anybody well it, what do you think is going to happen with this i don't know Nobody knows. The coaches don't know. The league doesn't know. Nobody knows because they're taking it day by day based on what they're hearing from the CDC and the experts, the scientists. And the bottom line is if, you know, there are some people that are coming down with whatever variant it may be, and they're they're feeling the effects for 24 hours to 48 hours. Some are not feeling anything, but because they had a positive test, they have to isolate. You know, so that's that's the weird thing. And now we're coming out of the Christmas holiday. Oh exactly. Boy. Yeah. Oh boy. So who knows who you expose yourself to? Yeah. I mean, and I and I felt bad for for our colleague Paul because he came home before that, got tested positive, and then isolated himself during Christmas. Couldn't be with his family. Couldn't be with his kids. Same house. Isolated. 
That blows. Big time. That blows. Uh, defense yesterday for the Raiders was awesome, considering much of the defensive backfield was down, is down because of injuries. Who made or what made the biggest impression on you from the defense? 158 yards total offense from the Broncos. That was one of the best defensive performances we've seen from the Raiders in years. Um, Max Crosby continues to come up with the big plays, but he's complimented by guys all over the, you know, across the line that are allowing him to do what he does. So you have to credit the defensive front. Um, Denzel Perryman returned. You know, um, some guys had some spot moments. Um, Kashawn Nixon. They, the guys that stepped up, Trufant, the guys that stepped up, they, they just stepped up to play their role in specific moments. But I think Max Crosby, obviously, because of the the sacks, the tackles for loss, the plays that he made, and because he's been in the news, you know, and making the Pro Bowl and, and being a big part of this defense all season, he stands out. But I think it was a collective effort. I don't think that there was any one person you can point to to say they were the MVP, he was the MVP of the defense. Max came up with some big plays, but as he pointed out, you know, having Unique on one side, having these guys force the issues on the line allows him to do what he does, and they play off of one another. They all complement off one another. But there was guys that were making some really big plays at big moments that, you know, Trufant, I mean, he stepped up remarkably. Right. So the defense was was the catalyst. And, you know, I, I was trying to, as Josh Jacobs was standing there, I was trying to figure out how to ask this question without – bringing up a previous loss. But when Joe Mixon spoke, when the Bengals came here and beat them, um, both him and Burrow, you know, they talked about the rushing game, but they said, well, the rushing game didn't really get going until the second half because it took time to wear down that defense, and the defense got tired because their offense, so they credited their own defense. The Bengals uh, credit. So I asked. What did Jacobs come out with? Uh, 10 carries, 20 yards, a lost fumble, right, early on? And then it's that cumulative effect. I know, you know, a lot of us are like, hey, you don't need to run the ball. And even a new age guy like Brandon Staley is like, no, you need to run the ball for the physicality of it, for the wear and tear of it. Yes, to wear them down. And he was putting in that blue-collar work, um, you know, that labor in them short-yarded situations and just just pounding. And he's got that that bowling ball effect where he can just pile drive into the line and just, you know, bust through people. But – um, the fumble really drove him, and he uh, it was the lead to my story and a lot of other people in their story, I'm sure. It's, it wasn't just myself, but, you know, the fact that, I mean, it was on everybody's mind that, first of all, he went over 100 yards for the first time this season, but how that fumble fueled him because he came out in the second half, the first drive, and rushed the ball seven times for 57 yards in a nine-play drive, and you average 8.1 yards per carry, um, he he definitely came out with some fire, and he came out looking to avenge a fumble that led to a field goal. And then, of course, there was another turnover two plays later. So in a matter of three plays over two drives, the Raiders turned the ball over twice to allow the Broncos to take a 13-7 halftime lead. But Josh Jacobs was the catalyst of that drive. And... You know, it was. I, I I hate to use the word breakout because I mean he's he's been the star guy. You know, the star running back going over a thousand two years. So it's just 
this is a guy who who needed this this um, performance yesterday, and I think that the team somewhat needed that to know that they c- can have a rushing game. And you know, um, Basaccia, Jacobs, a lot, the guys all touched on how Cable they made adjustments at halftime for the offensive line. We haven't really heard that all season. It was a matter of cleaning up mistakes. You know, guys doing a better job doing this, doing that. They made adjustments based on the Broncos' uh, schematics and what they were doing. And we asked, I asked Andre James that. I said, you know, that was brought up. What did they do? Because he said, well, you know, we made the right adjustment. We, we corrected some mistakes. Right? But they had said, uh, Basaccia credited Cable with what he saw the Broncos doing. What did you tweak? What did you do? It was a matter of changing the blocking sets based on how they were lining up and how they were bringing it. And so it all came together, and I think that that helped the entire team because you saw Derek Carr, he had had like two straight games of 325 yards, two touchdowns against the Broncos. He only had 201 yards passing, but he didn't need, and he's also, if you've noticed the last few games, he hasn't had as many 20-yard passes. That was the big thing at the beginning of the season. How many times did we talk about, Derek Carr leading the league or right there with Tom Brady for 20-plus yard passes. Well, Derek Carr targeted only seven guys yesterday, and I use the word with air quotes, only seven, because he's been used to having 12, 13 targets. But he targeted seven, and he hit every single one of them at least once, and they were quality plays, quality receptions that that made a bigger difference to complement the rushing game. It's a good turnaround. It's a good turnaround. These aren't great teams they beat, but they're direct competition in the Broncos and the Browns. And considering they'd what lost five of seven since all the you know nonsense and then tragedy with uh, Rug second, Gruden first, and the way they're doing it is pretty nuts. That the defense has been this good and the ability. I just read you the number. Uh, you know, Raiders going back years and years and years and years, going back to two thousand one. They turn the ball over three or more times. Yeah. They can't score more than 17 points. They've lost 55 straight. Well, and you say, you know, I mean, the Broncos, even though they've now lost three of five, four of six, let's look at the losses, like, or just the games. They held the Chargers, to, since their bye week, they held the Chargers to 13 points. They lost to the Chiefs, yes, but they also held the Chiefs to 22 points. They held the Lions which I will point out have to be the best two-win team that I've seen in a long time. <laughs> Campbell is moving up on my list as my second favorite coach oh, in wow. this league. You're looking for a big uh, – did you see some to- uh, some uh, futures got paid out? I don't know if you bet any of uh, the division futures, but they actually paid them out at a lot of books. I don't know, but if uh, – I noticed my account had bumped up from the uh, the Chiefs division you know, win prop that I got at plus 105 and plus 190. Are you ready to go next year on I am. some sort of over on the I Lions? Am. I so am. the Lions checking at like five, I, you're going over? I want my guy Jeff Sherman to let me know when the number. I want are, early access. I want when the, win, when the win totals are up and the division is up, I want in because Rodgers ain't staying in Green Bay. And I'm telling you. You want to bet it now because Aaron Rodgers may go play for Dan Campbell. He might. Probably not. That would be fantastic. Yes. I would love it. Deshaun Watson, I love that Detroit. guy. I love that guy, and I love the Russell heart Wilson, of that Detroit. team. That's exactly where Ciara wants to go. Well, they held Detroit to 10 points, and Detroit has been competitive. I, I want to say it's seven of the last nine have been one-score games. That's one that hasn't. 
They held the Bengals in a ten in a five point loss to fifteen and points. What are the Bengals on offense? Yeah, <laughs> and they held the Raiders five hundred twenty yards. So we we can and they they beat the Cowboys. They held that offense that we watched last night to 16 points. They held the football team to 10 points. They held the Browns in Cleveland to 17 points. So this was a, a big win, even though you can't look at Denver's record, look at how competitive and defensive it's been. They held the Raiders. Yeah, they beat them at their own game. They beat them at their getting own game. Getting in the muck yep. and winning a defensive getting battle. Getting gritty, getting dirty, getting nasty, getting filthy, and they won. That's a good win. It, is, it was a good, a good win. win. I think. I'm already seeing a lot of media people uh, write, you know, it's just Drek at the bottom of the AFC. No, there's a lot of balance. The conference goes 13 deep. I'm not, saying, I'm not saying like 8 to 13 are great teams. Keep in mind the other thing before we start bagging on everyone, we, you can't ignore what we opened the show with and what's been a constant theme the last four or five weeks. The teams are playing without guys left and right. Like people want to hammer on the Ravens. That was a ridiculous set of circumstances yesterday. Yeah. No Lamar Jackson, and then Huntley's out relatively at the last minute. And you're like, wait, Josh Johnson's on the Ravens now? Jets, what? Huh? huh? Like, guys are bouncing. I mean, tonight, I mean, I don't know if the Saints stay alive, but Ian Book, there's that a quarterback. I mean, there's been so many of these situations where key players are out. So I, I don't take anything away from anyone who's finding a way to win down the stretch here, and especially the Raiders with what they're doing on offense. The Ultimate Sports Lodge, where you can watch every game in HD. The beer is an icy 29 degrees, and the food leaves you coming back for more. Twin Peaks Lodge in Henderson. This was the most home field advantage feeling I felt all season, you know, and it's, it was really cool. You know, the way that they were loud on defense, you know, we hit, we would hit a big play into the red zone, and it, it was quiet. Thank you. You know, like that stuff matters. We got to be able to communicate and you want that to be an advantage when you're at home. I thought today was uh, unbelievable. You're listening to Cofield and Company, live at Twin Peaks. So, Broncos fans cooperated? Is that what Carr's talking about with a uh, quieter setup when they were on offense, or they just didn't show up because of uh, Broncos fans post, there. post-Christmas travel and Omicron and COVID? No. Broncos fans were there, and they were loud at the at the end of the first half. It's funny that the, that, that question came up, and I'm not discrediting Vinny Bonsignor from the Review Journal because it made sense to say, hey, did it feel good to have the home crowd? Does it feel like a somewhat of an atmosphere? Has the home crowd not been there? But the thing is, the home crowd's bit like every time they do something good, the problem is, is that they haven't been good at home, so there's going to be more disdain from the fans. They've it's also it's a 60-40-50-50 split. It has been I, all I'm, season. I'm so tired of hearing people, you know, including one of their lead fans, say that the, the fans here suck. Your organization sold PSLs for 75000 and 35000 Who do you think you were letting in the building right. for a good so, number of the tickets? They're going to sell the tickets. Right. So I think that you're going – it's the holiday weekend, right? I'm, I'm I love, but I, by the way, I love your point, though. Be consistently good, and the crowd will be into it. Right. That's what I'm saying. And, and, and just, to, just to add on, if he's saying, Derek Carr, yeah, you could, you could feel him, you could hear him, it was good to know, blah, blah, blah. Did you hear him boo you off the field at halftime, too? Yeah. Because the boo birds were out yeah. loud. Yeah. These people don't know football. Apparently then they did, right? <laughs> the sloppiness they, at the end of the half. Yeah. They, they did I mean, then. They, they, they booed them off the field loud. I mean, it was intense because in their minds, they're probably looking like, here we go again. You know, it's a, it's, it is a those Las Vegans who go to the games, minus the wine and cheese crowd at the top end of the prices, they do know football. They know sports. And they have very little patience 
They've been given the Vegas Golden Knights. Hang on, and hang whether, on. whether you like that or not, that, that organization wins. Hang on. You know what they know? I'm going to tell you what they know. They don't know football. And I'm not, again, I'm not slamming you fans. You, you understand the game of football, and a lot of you understand the schematics behind it. What I mean is this. Sports fans at UNLV games, sports fans at Golden Knights games, sports fans at Raiders games, you know what they know? The scoreboard. Mm-hmm. So if you are screwing up and losing at the end of a quarter or a period or a half, guess what? You're getting booed off the this ice is, of the field. This, in a lot of ways, this is a model sports city. If you don't win and you put out a poor product, they're going to show their – well, and, one, they may show their disinterest eventually, but when they're there, hey, there's a lot of stuff to do here. Don't gonna, waste our freaking time. I'm going to tell you who the fans love. The fans love them some Hunter Renfro. They love them some Zay Joe. They love those those wild catches that those guys, are, those athletic catches that they're making. They love when Josh Jacobs is bouncing off the defensive line or the trenches and, 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 and then getting an extra four or five. They love when Max Crosby is slamming somebody and getting up and doing something to, 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 to rile the crowd. But what they don't like is when silly mistakes cost you the lead and you walk off at halftime after controlling most most and, of the and first somehow half. You're trailing. And that, somehow you're trailing. That does reek of here we go again. Right. And that has been so and that you've has lost, been the history of the last three years. You've lost at they home. They got it done, finally. Yes. They got it done. You know, they've been faltering down the stretch in recent years. Yesterday was big and so was the Browns game. Giveaway time, three six four eleven hundred, three six four one one zero zero. Caller seven. Three six four eleven hundred pair of tickets to go check out the Golden Knights and the Preds. That is on January fourth. Caller seven three six four eleven hundred. If you want your own tickets, you can go check out lvsportsnetwork.com. Use the promo code radio, and you can get the flight deck tickets. That includes all you can eat and drink. You can buy those tickets at lvsportsnetwork.com using the promo code radio. Uh, interesting on the Broncos side, I saw Fangio talking about it today. That uh, I mean, what else is he going to say? But he does believe he deserves another year. Tough call or not? George Payton's in. This was not his guy. They seem to kind of be, you know, again, a team that's hovering around 500. That said, it is hard to grade any coach when you don't have a quarterback. When you've got one of those bridge quarterbacks like a Locke or Bridgewater. Did you see anything yesterday where you're like, this guy doesn't know what he's doing. Get rid of him. No, because he's a defensive-minded coach. So they stopped the Raiders. I mean, they held the Raiders 17 points. So they caused two fumbles to give give the team back the lead. I mean, you're responsible overall for your entire squad, but this is what, his third season? Right? 2019 to this season? So, I mean, I don't know. I, I... I'm never of the, you know, I think you nail it with the quarterback situation. Has he had a legitimate quarterback? Give the guy a legit quarterback and, and then tell me, you know, what he does or doesn't do. Um, he, I, I, think, I think the push that they've been making, the improvements that we've seen and the way that they've been competing, he could argue that. you got to see how they finish down the stretch. I mean, they are not mathematically out of it, but they are certainly – Yesterday, the Raiders, you know, started to stick that blade in. And uh, so, they're, I mean, it's going to be tough for them to get in. I'm here, you know, I'm real shocked at. 
is that the Raiders just need to win two games and they're in, per Vinny's story. I didn't realize that, that, they, that they, they've now worked themselves into where they control their destiny. That's wild to me, considering what this team's been through since, what, week three, four, whatever it is. That's just that's astonishing to me. So, I mean, there's a lot of things, a lot of things, Steve, a lot of coaches out there where we could sit here and you could argue both sides. I mean, some, they got to go. We had this conversation, I don't know when, last week or when we went over the which guys are going. I mean, we talked about Judge, right? Uh, I don't know. R- Judge is gone yet. We'll see. Rule. Oh, yeah. Now all of a sudden. That's going back ju- and forth. Looks like Judge and Jones might be back. Could be back. Um, that could also change, though, if uh, if the Giants produce two more games like they did over the weekend. You know, it gets so freaking embarrassing. And then Judge continues to say, you know, we're doing good things and whatever, special teams. You know, pointing out whatever. I mean, it, you know, it's he's got to point out something positive, I suppose. So uh, NFL playoff picture now looks like this. Bucks clinch the NFC South. First time since 2007. Remember, they won the Super Bowl last year. They were not the division winner. Packers clinched the NFC North, which we pointed out. There was that fateful weekend where Aaron Rodgers looked like he was going to walk away, <laughs> was going to retire, forced the Packers' hand. They came to an agreement. You could have actually gotten, I think at that point, the Packers to win the NFC North at plus 190. Vikings were the favorite for about a day at plus 120. So they win yet another division title. Rams and Cardinals in, Cowboys in, on the AFC side, Chiefs in. All these teams are officially out, which is kind of amazing that they're officially out. But they've all been eliminated. Uh, Jags, Lions, Texans, Giants, Jets, Bears, Panthers. About what we thought before the season. Any shocker in there? I actually had the Bears to make the playoffs, so trust in Matt Nagy. Oops, blew that one. I don't think that I have – I don't think there's any team in there – um, that's been eliminated I, that I had in our right in our Cofield they were company all expected poll. to be terrible yeah maybe the, the Bears were kind of they were up Maggie there but I don't think I had them I, I didn't have them in there I, I know my two Super Bowl teams are still in I mean I mean I, I let me rephrase that of course they're in I know my two Super Bowl teams look damn good I have the uh, the 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 Chiefs and the Rams and your boy uh your boy Hill and I both have the Patriots winning the East, and now they're deadlocked with the Bills at nine. And the Bills, and the Bills control things. We'll get to the Bills in a little bit. Uh, Packers win against the Browns. How much of that game did you check out? Because it was ugly. It was ugly for the Browns. Poor Baker Mayfield. Or a lot of people are like, screw Baker Mayfield, dude. If you can't play health wise, don't play. Io didn't really pay attention. It's the Packers. And I got news for you. When it comes to the Packers, I'm doing everything I can to focus elsewhere just because I, I'm just not a fan of watching, covering, seeing, talking about any. I mean, I mean I'll talk about it if you want me to, but I just, you know, and then Aaron Rodgers soured everything with his, you know, with his off, off-season BS, and I just, I don't know. I'm just not a – but I didn't pay much attention. You know, it, was a, it had a, outside of being at Allegiant yesterday, I had a little bit of a busy weekend. Christmas. I get it. I get it. Uh, Packers, a uh, question out there. Are they a lock for the number one seed? They're home against the Vikings, away against the Lions. I know you're going to be rooting for the Lions. You love Dan Campbell. Big Dan I do. Campbell guy. I do, and I think that they're, you know, I think if, if, it's, if the number one seed is at stake, Packers are going to win it. Packers are going to win it. Um, they're, they're, gonna, they're going to beat Detroit. 
Um, but yes, I would definitely be rooting for them. I would be rooting for the Lions to win for on several levels. Um, you don't want to celebrate Aaron Rodgers getting to four forty-five for touchdown passes. You could have just stopped. It. You could have just stopped when you said the word Rodgers. Pa- you don't want to pa- celebrate Aaron Rodgers. No, passing Brett Favre, who had four hundred and forty-three, but also two hundred and eighty-six interceptions. Rodgers has not thrown a hundred interceptions yet in his career. His total number of interceptions, I think, is ninety-seven. Favre is two eighty-six. I think I have that right. What does that say about those two guys? So I want to know who, how, who's throwing more attempts. I need to know attempts in years. All right, we'll look it up. Yeah. I think the interceptions is pretty telling. Well, yeah, I mean, it's it's impressive. But, again, I want to know how many more attempts Favre has and how many more years he has in. I mean, let's, I, let's not uh, – I was thinking of Rodgers on – was it – no, it was, uh, it was the day before the game. I was actually at a casino. We had gone to see a movie, right? Mm-hmm. And they were hanging out at the bar. And the NFL Network, I think, had on the Super Bowl between the Rams – and the Titans. Titans. And as I watched it, I'm like, my God, Aaron Rodgers is good. These two guys suck today. Remember who the two quarterbacks were? Rams and Titans. So McNair was Air McNair, dreadful for three quarters. I mean, just all over the place. And I'll tell you, the other guy who was, who was not good, was Kurt it, Warner. I was just going to say, was it Warner? War- and Warner piled up big numbers. He missed so many easy passes so I don't, I'm not going to go on a whole rant today about how the top quarterbacks now are so much better. That guy's a Hall of Famer, and yeah. he was all over the place. Okay. There were several passes where I was like, there's no way Aaron Rodgers or Brady misses on that pass or Mahomes misses on that pass. It just does not happen. Join the conversation on Twitter at ESPN Las Vegas. Hi, um, football aside, sorry, but I'm doing a story about New Year's resolutions, and I was just wondering if you had any you wanted to share with your fans and our readers. Yeah, no, not right now. Okay, thanks. Maybe next week. Hanging at Twin Peaks for Monday Night Football, it's Cofield and Company. I Maybe next week, Belichick. Maybe next week. He had screamed out his voice at that point. Uh, we got breaking news on the Raiders defense with COVID. We got, we got updates on the Rose Bowl. Boy, oh boy, they got to. If there's any incentive to freaking expand this thing to 12 or 16, it's what's going on with the Rose Bowl. But uh, one last factoid update, cleanup. I was just mentioning Aaron Rodgers, how awesome he is. 93 interceptions. Far back, actually, I took 50 off his ledger. 380, check that, 336 career interceptions. Favre over the weekend was passed by Rodgers. Now they have uh, 445 and 443 passing touchdowns, respectively. Over 17 years, Rodgers, 93 interceptions in 211 games and 7,062 attempts. How does that break down? I was going to say he's thrown for double-digit interceptions twice in his career. I think Favre, full seasons, only had single-digit interceptions once. Rodgers averages five uh, – going into these last two weeks, he averages 5.4 picks per season. Favre averaged 16.8 per season. Um, Favre, Favre's average was one every 1.1 game and one every 30.2 attempts. Rodgers, one every .4 games and one every 75.9 attempts. Uh, Rodgers, 1.3 interception rate every time he throws the ball. 
Favre, 3.3 interception rate every time he throws the ball. Now, I looked this one up because I, I wanted to know what the – I mean, obviously you can't go back and rate every single offensive line in a total of 20 years, 20 for Favre, 17 for Rodgers. But the telling sign would be if these guys got – how many times they got sacked. That's almost even. Rodgers has been sacked 495 times in his year in his career. Favre was sacked 525 times in 20 years. So can't really argue about pressure. It sounds like they're they're relatively the same because three more years than than Rodgers and um, 30 more. He's been sacked. Uh, Favre was sacked 30 more times. So yeah, Rodgers. Rodgers was the better quarterback, or is the better quarterback? The funny thing was I was comparing Rodgers to watching uh, the Rams-Titans Super Bowl, and I was like, Kurt Warner was terrible. He was the MVP. He was 24-45 for 414 yards, two touchdowns and no interceptions, but I'm telling you, he was so inaccurate on some of the passes. Like that, I, I have no idea what would have happened that day. If, if uh, Aaron Rodgers was quarterbacking the Rams and the greatest show on turf, I, who knows what he would have done. And that was only 20 years ago. And the Titans defense was very good. Javon Curse in that game, as I'm watching, I'm like, my God, that guy would translate to today. Just dominating. But, yeah, Kurt Warner, good. Arena Bowl, Brett greatness. Favre, good. Aaron Rodgers, all-time great. And for those quarterbacks who analyze this stuff now on TV, please preface everything you say with, I was never as good as Aaron Rodgers. My God, I could never do that. So now, Especially our good friend Terry Bradshaw, who was calling Rodgers a coward for some of the stuff with the vaccine stuff. Terry, stop. Now that you've gotten enlightenment with this, yes. Would you? You want Rogers here? No. Um, let's save it. Let me let me get to some of the breaking news first. This is important stuff. Uh, Raiders defense. Man, so much of this whole thing down the stretch hinges on who can stay clear of COVID, who tests positive and can come back. Well, here's in less than a week. Yeah, because it crushed. The Chargers yesterday. Now, who on defense is on the COVID list? Which players for the K- Raiders? Casey Hayward, Corey Littleton, oh boy. Patrick Amwasar, Denzel Perryman, Darius Philon, K.J. Wright. Oh, that's it? I think four of those guys started yesterday. Yikes. Now, here's the thing. The Colts have 12 guys on the COVID list. The Raiders have 11. Now, remember, with the new rules, they need one negative test to clear. The thing is, with the Colts, they reportedly have... Now, this is a... I'm just reading uh, to Sean Reed from The Athletic, who does a fantastic job with a lot of details. Uh, the Colts reportedly have a bunch of unvaccinated players, but it's unclear whether their outbreak is due to that. I wouldn't hold my breath for forfeiture, but it's harder for unvaccinated players to get off the reserve COVID list. Right. Situation is in flux for Raiders' well, opponent. The, That's to Sean. The Chargers and the Colts were two of the least vaccinated teams. Still, you know, Still a high percentage. But two of the least vaccinated teams. And back when Gruden was the coach, he emphasized that how proud they were that they were near 100% and mm-hmm. eventually got to where they were. Well, last year was a disaster. Yeah. well, they, I'd they, emphasize it, too, if I was dinged for, you know, whatever, he got, virus. whatever he got killed with, two, dollars $250,000. That half-million-dollar fine for collectively. What did Rodgers get fined for? Oh, 15, okay, yeah. So he doesn't get sacked, doesn't 15, throw interception. Less than 15000 Yeah, so he, only, he doesn't get fa- you know, fake vaccination. Doesn't throw picks. I guess it all correlates. Why would if you're the Colts, why would you let Jonathan Taylor into the facility or out of his house? Actually, you have to get him a safe house, don't you? I don't know if he has a wife and kids, girlfriend and kids, girlfriend. Get them all out. If you're the Colts, seriously, he's their team. 
Is he vaccinated? He, he, I, I have no idea. He can't be around people. That's what that's where we are now. And there but the rest of the way, if if we haven't learned our lesson around the National Football League, the rest of the way, quarterbacks cannot be around each other. There is no quarterback room. There's quarterback rooms. You can all be on Zoom, but you're you're not going near each other. Well, there's you can't. They've they've they they're stringent on the rules now. We're not allowed out there. No media out there. Well, you could breathe on them from you know a good. It was Derek three four hundred yards away. Derek Carr walked into the post game press conference yesterday, and then he, he and he comes in, and he takes a breath and he looks up and he just kind of goes, "Are you guys back further than normal?" And everybody oh, started yeah? laughing. Yeah. <laughs> They what are they going to do? You got to do everything you can now. You got to be borderline psychotic. I'm telling you, the if Jonathan, if Jonathan Taylor comes down with COVID, that is a freaking nightmare for Indy. It cannot happen. Let me ask you a question. And obviously, just all with, with Mariota on the list, we don't know when he's off. Derek Carr has got to be careful this week. Wow, interesting from the NBA because I like the Bulls keeps coming in. Hawks all-star guard Trey Young has been cleared from COVID protocols and will return versus the Bulls tonight. Sources tell Whoa. Um, I like the Bulls, too. Hawks got a ton of guys on. Anyway, um, let me ask you a question. Let me throw this at you, hypothetical. Let's say that you were covering on a regular basis every week. Um, I'm not going to say like me because I'm not as much like Adam okay, or, or Paul. Um or some of the TV guys that are out there three, four days a week when the facility's open, so on so forth. One of the peace of minds for me has been able to go out there on the Wednesday when I go out there to get the test. Well, I, th- three weeks ago, I had the show and a Golden Knights game. Two weeks ago, I had all my quotes ahead of time with Renfro, and then last week I had a one-on-one with Max Crosby, so I didn't need to go out there. If, if facilities shut down where you are getting – tested every single week for you personally and now they're shut down do you go find a place for peace of mind or would you go get tested if you become used to getting that negative test for peace of mind well you're doing it for for protocol for for the nfl but for you probably not i'm really thinking about doing it it's just, it's just it weighs on my mind now just because you could be asymptomatic with this omicron and not know that you have it and I have this annual cough, right? It's, it's, it's allergies. It's post-nasal drip. It's, it's related to a, an acid reflux thing. I've been to... It's got to be driving you nuts. It's anxiety. It's ridiculous. With, with COVID going around now. Right. Again. Now, here's the wild super, thing. super, 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 super contagious ear, level. The ear, nose, throat specialist diagnosed it last June, once medical facilities opened back up during the pandemic. And he said, here, put, put me on some medication. I haven't had a cough since then until three weeks ago and it resurfaced and i know what it is when it comes i used to get a steroid shot for my lungs so you can imagine just this thing being around how contagious they're saying if you are in the same room with someone that has omicron just expect to get it that's how strong contagious it is the severity of it is severity of it is so much less from everything i'm reading i'm not saying factual that i know but what I'm reading, scientists, scientific stuff from the CDC sites and so on and so forth, this is, it's a highly more contagious. You're most likely to get it if you are around someone that has it. But the severity, especially if you've been vaxxed and boosted, it's not even – you, you could go a whole week and not even know that you had it. 
Coming up next, we'll get into the uh, Steelers' disastrous day, the disastrous season for the wallet of Cole Beasley, and I will get you updated on what's happening to the Rose Bowl. Ohio State Buckeyes very depleted now. Ice cold 29 degree beer for under $4 and cheap appetizers all game long. Get down here to Twin Peaks.